Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Listening to Fanatic Radio, America's favorite sports music show here on WVAU. I'm Michael Gardner, and Flo Carnival is currently going on in Brazil. When's the last time you partied that hard? Well, I'm Ben Florence. The last time I went that hard, I was hanging out with Eric Wilkins in his dorm down <laughs> in uh, Massachusetts. In the uh, it was after the uh, the Sports Zone uh, semester show. We 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 went hard. We went uh, we went ham, as, as, as the kids like to say. So uh, phone lines are open two zero two eight eight five eight seven zero zero. Go to fanatic facebook dot com slash fanatic radio to like the page, listen to the podcast. We have a great show for you on hand. We're at, we're covering everything going on this week: the Oscars, the NBA All Star Game, start of NASCAR season. But of course, as always, we'll begin with last night: American University taking on Bucknell. And what many fans anticipated was supposed to be the game where we would win and take sole possession of... Or not sole possession, split. Yeah, we'd have a three-way tie currently with first place. Unfortunately, American, which did, which did pretty well, I'd have to say, mm-hmm. did pretty well going uh, tick for tack with this team, ended up being the recipient of a 9-0 run, or I think it was a 12-2 run in the final six minutes of the game ultimately lose 55-50. to 50. Follow your initial thoughts of this game. Apparently, here's a, looks, first of all, listen to a soundbite from head coach Jeff Jones on what he had to say on his thoughts on the loss. Which, surprisingly, he wasn't really that upset. Hmm. Team struggled to shoot the ball. To, to me, it comes down to, to two things. One is the, the offensive rebounds. At least one, maybe two of the threes that they hit came after uh, they, they got an offensive rebound. But you really have to give Mike Muscala uh, a lot of credit. So, you know, we've got him down here for, for two blocks, but he was a factor on a lot more than that. I mean, he, he basically he zones up in there. He guards his man and anybody coming to the basket. we got to start tonight regrouping and, and getting ourselves ready for Lafayette. So offensive rebounding and Mike Muscala was Coach Jones' reasons why the Eagles did not win. You and I see 
differently from what uh, Mr. Bobblehead had to say. Well, actually, and I actually, and I love my Jeff Jones bobblehead. I love it. It is fantastic. I still haven't got mine yet. I need to get it tomorrow. I think definitely, like what you said, definitely is right. I mean, my Mascala's. Oh, the reigning Patriot League player of the year. I think he had 26 points, 14 rebounds. Yeah. An absolute monster. Yeah, he is their team, and he's a hell of a player. And our big men really struggle with him. But I think what really hurt down the end, we were talking about this earlier, is uh, down the stretch, the uh, or what really hurt is that when your best scorer, which in our case is Charles Hinkle, has had a great season, when he only scores three points, all their players have to step up. Troy Brewer had a very good game, but they couldn't find seem to get him the ball. We at the at the end of the game really like our when they hit those threes, we started to press. We couldn't get anything done on offense, and we we started forcing up shots, and thus that enabled them to stretch out the lead, and thus we were never able to uh, recover. That's one thing you look at. It's not offensive rebounding. I mean, yeah, the second chance points were huge, and obviously those three pointers that Cameron Ayers and Bryce Johnson hit. But then you look at it, it's not necessarily the offensive rebounds of Muscala. I think it's more of poor execution and almost poor coaching in a way. It's like you said, there was a key moment in, this, in that game that we had, we were up, we were down by one with about six six thirty left. And Riley Graff is at the free throw line. I think you remember this play too. Yep. With two two shots to end up going, going back and forth. It could only be described as I've seen better bricks on some houses where I'm from than what I saw what, what Graf put up. Then they came down, hit a three. Bucknell's up by a four. I want to say the ensuing play, Danny Munoz attempts a three when the shot clock is winding down. Bucknell comes back and hits another three. Or I think because they, they, they hit a few threes in a row. And three, that's, three in a row, three-state possession. Yeah, and that really opened up the lead, and we weren't able to counter and make shots or even put because when a team starts when you have a close low scoring game someone else starts making shots you got to start countering whether even if it's not three for three if you got to at least hit three twos you got to get to the free throw line and another thing we needed to attack the basket more if you're gonna when you have a guy that is and Bucknell is a very good team but when you have a team that is dominated by one guy which is Mike Pascal who's down low you got to go at him and you got to try and get him in foul trouble because if you get him in foul trouble, when he was off the court, the team, Bucknell couldn't do anything. Americans look like a completely different team. Of course, that's the one thing we we were talking about earlier before we were on the air, was there, there are certain times in, I guess, any any player coach's season, the team season, where you have to rely on your best player to get the job done or where he himself has to sort of step up to that next level. What do you think went wrong with Charles Hinkle yesterday? I think that partially that he got locked down most of the night. They definitely came in and thought that he's their best guy. He's he's their top scorer. So we need to shut him down, force someone else to beat him. And Troy Brewer had himself a very good game. Uh, I think he had, what, 14, 15 He points? did, Brewer. 6 of 12 shooting, 13 points. A very good game. I mean, 50% shooting. That's very I don't good. think he touched the ball once in that final five minutes. I mean, yeah, and he's showing he can get hot. He can hit threes just like Hinkle can. He he and Hinkle are not that dissimilar a player. If you kind of think about it, maybe that's probably a stretch. But, 
they I mean they both can shoot, and when they get hot, they can hit threes. But you're definitely right. Down the stretch, and Brewer was our best player that game. And down the stretch, we weren't finding the ball. We just kept on trying to go back to Hinkle, forcing other guys to make shots, and or we couldn't. We or we weren't even really working down that low because. Um, I think Blicky he had eleven and eight. Which yeah, for him is 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 amazing. Yeah, especially against Mike Muscala. Against, against a player of the year, six eleven monster is all he can be described yeah. with. Yeah, and uh, Ro, you, we've seen Roblicky last several weeks. He's put up very good games. So yes, and when you got a guy that's putting up uh, close to a double double, and down in the paint, everyone it, that should help because we haven't had much. Uh, much from uh, our post players very much all year. So what do you think AU heads down for this? They play Saturday against Lafayette, and as of now, they have the three seed. Again, they'll play Army first round of the tournament. Uh, uh, well, Lafayette's not a great team, so I, right. I don't see us. We, we've been a very good home team all year, and you, we even saw the last night where we were leading Bucknell most of the game. I think I, I don't have much concerns about Army either. I just feel that now... Uh, it's very the you know when you have a conference tournament that's all at home sites it's very hard to win on the road and uh, uh, I have a listener Tyler Tomei had always pointed out that home, teams with the home field advantage the top seed always like seems to always win it's almost like nine times out of ten so it's going to be interesting to see how this team plays on the road because they've only lost once at home they're a very good home team but down the road. That's a completely different story. That's true because, as you mentioned, they're rock solid at home. But then as soon as they go away from the D.C. area, they are a completely different team. Some of their road losses include the overtime loss to Maryland Eastern Shore, a loss to Mount St. Mary's, yep. a blowout by Georgetown. And that's not the Mount St. Mary's that my mother went to. <laughs> There's a different Mount St. Mary's. I believe there is. And I know my mom's listening right now, and if I get that wrong, I'm going to get some angry phone calls. <laughs> but, yeah, but there... And also, another thing that this AU team really concerns me about is... Of course, give credit... Credit with credit to Bucknell definitely played like a one seed last night. Absolutely. Played like a team that really wants to get into the tournament, and we'll get to the Pager League scheme in just a moment. But the American team is only 2-5 and five this year when playing in close situations. The only two games that they've done that were the last-second shot that Charles Hink put the game when he threw against Colgate on the road and the St. Joe's game when they won by six. Mm. And they beat a very good Atlantic 10 opponent. Not only say two and six. They lost to Richmond at the, down to the wire. They lost to Bucknell at Bucknell down to the wire. They lost last night's game down to the wire. They lost to Holy Cross. They lost to Maryland Eastern Shore in overtime. This team is not very good in crunch time. And that's really disturbing because you have guys that are very capable of taking over games. Yep. And I feel like the green lights just not turned off for this team. And uh, I, it's really important that when you're in a crunch time, uh, I've noticed with this team that they're, you know, I don't know, the, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it just seems like they can't really, when they need to get a bucket, they can't get it. Right. When like down the stretch, you need to put the ball in the basket any way you can, and they struggle to do that. Or even get to the line. They didn't, we didn't shoot that many free throws last night, so we got to do a better job of at least getting to the line, getting the other guys, big guys, in foul trouble. I was going to say, we were 4 of 8 in the second half in free throws. 
grew 66%, which does not win basketball games. And Bucknell went to the line 14 times in the second half. And I think speaking of that, of driving the basket, I remember one, a Blake Jolivet play where it got blocked, where everyone wanted the foul. But Blake Jolivet needs to shake this game off. He was 1 of 11 from the floor. Yeah. Hinkle was 1 of 9. Of course, then you can look at it. It's bad shooting, but in a game like this, though, you can't have a bad night. Yeah, the, the, this is the game where you don't want to have a bad night. When you play a team like Navy, someone has a bad night, someone else is going to have a good night because Navy is, quite frankly, off no offense to any uh, servicemen out there. But in turn, but against a team like Bucknell, and who's got who's been the top team, the favorite in this conference all year long, you know, you just got you got to step up. You have you got to have your A game because you know they will bring theirs. And hopefully we can see it in the tournament. But the Saturday is wide out. The first. 500-plus fans that show up get a limited-edition AUSG whiteout t-shirt for our second annual game of the season finale, and it is our senior day. Hinkle, Troy Brewer, Riley Graff, Joe Hill, and Simon McCormick will be honored pregame. Hope the mostly American fans can go out and see that. But we'll take a quick break, but you're listening to FNAC Radio and WVAU. When we come back, we will discuss more of the Patriot League scheme as the regular season winds down. Also, some NBA All-Star game tidbits. Be listening to Snack Radio.
money addict, I'ma get money caddy. Money in the attic, money in the stashes, money in the cabinet, stuff in the mattress. Safe full of guns, more money up in action. Taz on a pizza, Jeremy's got a Jesus. Mason Martin, Margella, three strap sneakers. Riding with a leecher, suited in a teacher. Money over bitches, no room for a teaser. Thinking of a Lambo, bathing eight camo. Play with the money, turn Rocky into Rambo. Patience is a virtue, life is a handful. Friends, they hurt you. Learned that from my grandfolks, we under a lamppost, why I got my hands closed, haze in my brains like A's, got a scramble, yeah I feel Rihanna, and I understand ho, what you think I rap for, to push a fucking land road, now I'm looking back, we said I shouldn't rap, some slept on me, other niggas took a nap, now I'm in the basement, cried cooking crack, gave you teaspoons, food, but instead you took your cat, they say Tiger and Diggy, but Rocky been jiggy, cover Steve from the Wiz, ain't enough to get me home, can't really hate when they compare me to Drake. Could have been J. Cole if I met J. Ho. That A. But I'm fly like I never left. Use a lie like fly without the letter F. If hip hop is dead, fuck your letter rest. Reincarnated through me when she resurrects. Long hair, blue jeans, live on you stream. Hot top boots like pot in the juice scene. No, it ain't a movie. Diamonds is my new gleam. Dead tone, cause the red bones is my new thing. Nigga, I do things. Let the coop sing. Nigga, see I'm insane. Saddam, Hussein. Nigga, still jokers. Me, I'm on my boots. Sing, fly kicks, my shit. Yeah, I'm on that loop chain. I ain't bragging, but I do this. My shoes is my mutis. I'm bougie in that Gucci, but my nudies is the newest. And your foolishness and rumors, I get two shits. I only hear the money. Say the bullshit for the Q-tip. Swag is the coolest. My bitch is the rudest. My jewelry is Jewish and my wrist is the bluest. And I get it popping on the clock like cool kids. ASAP spinning on the block like the new kids. Uh, ASAP nigga. Uh, uh. Alright, yeah. ASAP nigga. Uh. Alright, alright.
Welcome back to Kinetic Radio here on WVAU.org. Phone lines open 202-885-8700. Facebook.com slash Kinetic Radio is a page. Model Gardner, Ben Florence here. Back with some more college basketball. Back we were talking about the American University team. Now is the three seed. Look at the flip side of everything. The awards come out. And who do you think is your player of the year? My player of the year, Doug McDermott of Creighton. Creighton he has been awesome this year. Absolutely awesome. He's been the, the key force for this Creighton team. He's a guy why I think that uh, Creighton could really do some damage in the NCAA tournament. I mean, he's just been awesome. I awesome. feel like he would, too. And going from, I mean, you can look at other guys such as, I mean, I don't know who else to look at. You could look at like Thomas Robinson, Kansas. right, right. Uh, Damian Lillard, currently the nation's leading scorer for Weber State, put up big numbers, but yet he has not played anyone that tough. Yeah, just looking at uh, Doug McDermott's numbers, he's a sophomore, and he's actually born a year earlier of uh, my good friend Bobby Fernickies, who's at a uh, North Carolina Wilmington. If I throw a little plug, but looking at Doug McDermott's numbers, he's got 23 points a game and eight boards a game. Like my goodness. And like I said, he's a sophomore. He's carrying this Very Blue impressive. Jays club. I mean, they have been going through a bit of a skid, but they are definitely a team to watch out for at tournament time. Switching gears now to the Patriot League. Who do you think Patriot League Player of the Year should be? Uh, I really got to go with uh, C.J. McCollum. Of uh, yeah, I think that they realized that uh, Muscala won it last year, and yes, he's had another tremendous season. But McCollum is—he scores in bunches. And he's another guy who's carrying his team, and he's got his his uh, his like you know they always talk about like for like the Heisman, get your Heisman moment. Right. He's got his big game moment. He's had plenty of those. Yeah. Well, the the one that immediately comes to mind is the game against Bucknell, mm-hmm. the game winner at the buzzer. That's on our fan page. Yeah, yeah. on our website. At, at Bucknell, I believe. No, it's at Bucknell. Yeah. Yes. Five seconds left. Boom. I agree with him for that. And coach of the year, I will say the coach of the Lehigh, because as much as people say Jeff Jones had his chance to win it last night. And, I mean, going from fifth to third with the team he had, it was no Stephen Lumpkins, no Vlad Malavania. You did have Troy Brewer, and you did have, once at one time, one of the top ten scorers in the country and didn't do any damage in the league for that. I think it's the guy from Lehigh, because after American beat Lehigh, after T.J. McCollum scored 30 points and AU still managed to win, Lehigh was in third with, I think, a week left. And then everything just went their way. Bucknell went on a two-game slide because they actually beat Bucknell. Going into Stoikva Pavilion or whatever it's called. Yeah, Stoikva Pavilion, I believe it is. They went into them and actually beat Bucknell, snapping their winning streaks and all that. They got help from American losing to Holy Cross. Mm. And now, I think with a win on Saturday, Lehigh is sharing the regular season title with Bucknell. Mm. So, that'll do it for college basketball, at least Patriot League-wise. But you have actually an interesting clip from... Our good friend Pat Knight, once the former Texas Tech, he's now head coach of Lamar. Yes, he uh, obviously it's Bobby Knight's kid. He got fired. He got replaced by Billy Gillespie, and he last night. And, and Lamar's not an awful team. They're second place in the South Lane Conference behind McNeese State. But uh, last night they lost by uh, they lost to uh, Stephen F. Austin. Ooh. And right. Coach right. Knight was not uh, <laughs> to say pleased. And uh, we'll play go with this. Happy with these seniors. That's what I'm unhappy with. It has nothing to do with X's and O's. We got it. We got the worst group of seniors right now that I've ever been associated with. 
Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. As it come out of a game like this with no emotions, it's flat, um, it's terrible. I mean, it's unheard of. And uh, I'm not going to protect them. I'm not going to sit here and talk. I mean, come out. I mean, shoot two for 18. And we got open looks. It's not like the defense was staggering. We got 20 more shots. I mean, all the offensive rebound. I mean, it is a attitude problem. When seniors don't play like seniors, you're going to get beat. Now, if they, if he said that at my school, the highest high school I came from, where it was completely senior heavy, I think he you know, he'd be, you know, hung upside down, drove in a truck, and never seen the light of day again. If that metaphor is any good. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, I guess I guess maybe I mean maybe he does have a point. I mean, it is a disappointing loss to Stephen F. Austin, and maybe because you know he is a new coach, but to just outright call out a player and the video a actually, group of players, yes. The guy like call out where it push and he actually if you watch the whole video you can actually go to my uh website, beefall three sixty dot box uh dot com actually. Plug. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> another plug. I do that a lot in sports zone. Uh Zach Tresher gets mad at me every time. But also it's the video actually starts out with there's a player, he's like, Yeah, we just you know, we did not play well and uh Coach Knight came in and was like, Get out of here, you don't know how to win. You don't know what it takes Dang, to win. No kidding. Don't go to Lamar then. Yeah. But uh, now switching gears from college, we'll go to the pro levels where it is All Star Weekends. All Star game is this Saturday. I think rookies and sophomores is tonight. Yep, tonight at uh, nine o'clock after uh, we get off the air. So look at that. Yeah, how about that. Tune over to TNT for that special coverage with our boys Charles Barkley, who actually you got retweeted on Inside the NBA. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, the second time this year it happened on a Christmas. I gave a tweet. I said these are the best guys, you know, that do. NBA coverage, and it's true. I mean, I like to find something differs. And this time, because it was Charles Barkley's birthday on Monday, on Martin Luther King Day, and I said, "Oh, it's uh, Chuck's birthday." It's uh, or not Martin president. Luther King Day, President's Day. My apologies. And yeah, I'm like, "Oh, it's the president's run for president yet." And apparently, that got shown on the air. Because uh, I and I kind of tied that in because he had said years ago he was going to run. I'm going to run for governor of Alabama in 2014. And he announced <laughs> that like 2008. He's like, yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, and yeah, and he's like, and that's my terrible impersonation. I'm no Frank <laughs> That Amanda. was terrible. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> awful. And yeah, so he's not actually running for governor. But yeah, who knows with Chuck Barkley, you know, he's just a loose can. So with all the, uh, the incidents going on this week with our boy Jeremy Lin, who's a freaking guest on the show. I've had him on a couple of times. Uh, here's what he had to say to NBA TV's Brent Barry over the game prep and practice for the Rising Star Challenge. So I'm actually very looking forward to guys like Ricky Rubio, Blake Griffin, John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Lynn Sandy, and company. For, um, after tonight and a couple things tomorrow morning, I'm done for the weekend, and so uh, just going to get away and, and spend time with, with family and, uh, and friends and just enjoy it, relax for once. Kind of a fat chance on Rye Bread that you're going to get some time on your own in the next 48 hours here at All-Star Weekend. So, And the second half of the year, Jeremy, as far as how you guys are going to get this thing together, I mean, just for you, the potential is there. Do you see it? Do you feel it? Do you think you guys are going to be able to put it together? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've been talking about it, and we have guys coming in, and um, Mello back from injury, and we have Baron and Jr. So 
Um, we're going to take a little bit of time to adjust, but that's all we're talking about right now, and guys are buying in. And so I think it's just a matter of time before we really develop that chemistry that we need to be able to kind of make go on a run and win a few games in a row. Mr. Lynn, with wonderful words of wisdom on Team Shaq for tonight. Yep. And looking at this so far with the whole scheme of the NBA, first half of the season, your thoughts on it? Uh, For the most part, I'm not that surprised. I think you look in the West, I really thought that the Thunder were the team to beat, and they have, for the most part, been the team to beat, even though San Antonio's come on very strong. Yes. In the East, I'm not surprised either. It's dominated by Chicago and New York. And I was I'm not as surprised as other people folks are that about how good a Philadelphia and Indiana have been. The only real surprise for and me Paul is George, very underrated. Absolutely. Player. And he's gonna be in the dunk contest tomorrow night. And he's had in my opinion the best dunk of the season. He had or one, at least one of them against uh the my, my New Jersey Nets. He had a nice double punk reverse. Ooh. Double pump reverse. Ooh. It was nasty. Even better than Blake Griffin's. Uh yeah, probably. I think that now and I and I last year I wrote a lot of stuff, put a lot of stuff on Blake Griffin on my blog, but now I just realized that every time this guy dunks it's old news, yeah. It's like all right. LeBron James was very good. Hmm. Dunk over John oh, Lucas. Yes. yes. We actually watched that in my communications and society class. I well, never thought I'd be watching LeBron James and Jeremy Lin highlights in that class. Shout out to Soul Heart, my professor. Sign me up. And also going into the All Star game. We'll also be joined by Shamar Walters, our fanatic radio NBA expert, to talk us about the first half of play. Do you know Jeremy Lin was on the cover of Time magazine? But your thoughts on the whole issues and how well it was handled with the whole chink in the armor comments? Uh, I feel that, uh, I think that, I personally don't feel that, uh, or I mean, in terms of the other, I felt that he should have been fired. I mean, yes, he knows he made a dumb headline, and he's, the, the it's a common, uh, like, phrase used before, uh, chink in the armor, and it's not always... Right. It's been used multiple it, times yeah. on ESPN. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a co- relatively common phrase. It's not like you just pulled up something out of the blue. But, I mean, you have to have... And when uh, I actually was watching on a Red Eye on a Fox News channel one time, it's not called... When it's a different from, like, and then there was an anchor that was suspended for 30 days, which I really don't think he should have been suspended, honestly, because when you're on live TV, you know, sometimes you say things... And you don't really think him through, but in, he didn't he didn't swear, and he wasn't I don't certainly wasn't intentional there. When you write something, you kind of put into it. You're putting uh putting together a headline that well, it wasn't on ESPN Mainline, it was on uh, ESPN Mobile, but still, you know, true. It's, it's going to be viewed by by thousands, if not millions of people. And looking at it, it's the right decision. It's a slip of the tongue. It's something. One thing that I talked we talked about in my writing for Mass Comm class yesterday. Always double-check your work. And that's even what we do. We think before we speak. Pound for that. Word. That's why we have high, That's why I have very high ratings on this show. Yeah. But and I'm, on the sports zone, too. <laughs> Got to give quick plugs to that as well. Ben Florence, Michael Gardner. Waiting for Shamar Walters, our NBA analyst, to call in to talk about his thoughts on Lynn Sandy. Because he is quite the Detroit Pistons fan, but he is from the Big Apple. And this must be Mr. Walters now. Welcome to Fanatic Radio. You're online. Hey, how you doing, Michael? Mark Walters in the house. How have you been? I'm good, sir. How have you been? We're good, just doing the show. Want to get your thoughts on the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. Are you excited to watch, I would say, 24 hours plus coverage live from Orlando? I am, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think 
honestly, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because we've had like a shortened season, so it'll be um, not as many games played as usual when uh, when we have the All Star break. So yeah, back to the short season that you mentioned, Shamar. Do you feel like this has been a better season than the past, or that the lockout really hurt the teams and players in the long run? Um, I think the quality of basketball you're seeing is not as good as it would be right about now. Right about now, you have teams who usually start at the gate kind of so they're usually starting to get it together and get like a solid run together. We got a a little bit of a lo- bit of a look at what the playoff picture will look like, and that's not been the case. But from a fan perspective, I think it's been wonderful just because that, like I said when I was last on your show, basketball is on all the time. Every time you turn on the television, you can you get a number of really good games. And so, looking at these surprise stories of the year, you obviously have Lob City doing very well, and also not near Detroit Pistons, but your other hometown, New York City, has been blowing up over the past few weeks with the emergings of Jeremy Lin, and now recently with J.R. Smith and Carmelo coming back and everything. Your thoughts on the Knicks and if this run can continue to the second half of the season? Um, I think what we have to do is, first of all, it's it's amazing to watch. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think that's what I put Jeremy Lin, same thing as I put in the Tebow category. Just a player you love to root for, a player you love to watch play basketball. But New York City has a tendency to do things. The second that we win one game, the second a player does well, to have all of a sudden all these expectations. Like, we have to still remember at their core, they're still that team that was like that was under 500, and I I feel like they've got some great pieces now. You have Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin doesn't necessarily need to can. I think they'll do well if they recognize he doesn't need to do what he was doing that entire week. Yes, it was great to watch, but as long as he's willing to be that ball distributor and turn cut down on those turnovers, I think they can really be something special. All right, looking at the teams, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. What is a more back back New York second now three and a half games out of first? But for the teams that are leading all the divisions, are you surprised that Philadelphia is one of the top three teams of those three divisions in the ranks of Chicago and Miami? Um, am I surprised that at this point in the season they 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 are where they are a little bit, but not by much because um, you got Philadelphia is a team that's all. First of all, they've surprised a few things. They've proven themselves. Um, to be that they can contest and they can compete with some of these better teams. They're very low. They're a loaded team. And you watch these young athletic teams that have deep, deep benches, deep rosters with talent at every position. You look at the Nuggets are an example of that. The Portland Trailblazers are an example of that. And in a season like this when it's shortened, you didn't really have training camp, you have all these issues, those fresh young legs that are talented are going to get a lot of wins. Do I expect that to be the case, continue on after All-Star break? Unfortunately not. I don't think they'll drop out, but I do believe they'll probably regulate around five, four, maybe six, but they won't stay at that top three spot. And looking at the Western Conference, it's funny that you mentioned uh, young teams, teams like Los Angeles Clippers and Oklahoma City. But then you have the San Antonio Spurs, who are 24-10. and 10, And as Flo and I mentioned, is a team that has relatively surprised everyone. Where are they finding this newfound elixir of youth? They're not finding anything. This is the, this is the Spurs. This is the team that, that has been, if you look at the past 10 years, the Spurs are probably one of the most underrated teams ever. They just don't play exciting basketball, so no one really watches them. But if you look at how their team plays, they're playing, you know, that is Spur basketball. They're, they're winning games. Um, what's great about the Spurs and what you, what you hope that they continue to do is they've, they've put in youth at the right moment. So you look at DeWan Blair, 
coming in, and he's if they can get him to be more consistent, they go to a, they become a much better team. But overall, it's those same guys you can always rely on. Tim Duncan doesn't really get hurt, so he stays on the floor. Tony Parker staying healthy is very good for them. And if they ever can get Ginobili to stay on the floor for longer than four games, they're going to be really something to deal with. But over the course of history, if you look, this is the Spurs team. They're a very solid team. And so we'll get you out of there on two things, Shamar. The first thing is, who do you think is going to win the All-Star game? Is looking at a very Los Angeles-heavy West versus a very Miami East. Um, I'm probably going to definitely probably put my, my love towards the, East, the, the Eastern Conference, not just because uh, they represent the conference where my favorite teams are and I'm from the East Coast. Um, I just feel like... Overall, what you got to understand is in all All-Star games, you're really only going to get one solid quarter where the players play for real. The most, of, the rest of the time, they'll be messing around and things like that. But once it gets closer to the fourth quarter and it's like, well, let's see who can win here, whatever the case may be, whatever that quarter is where they play for real, I just believe that um, the Eastern Conference is much deeper at players who can have, like, an immediate impact. And also they're better – have players who can run fast break and, and, and sort of like play in rhythm. They don't have a lot of ISO players. I know we have Paul and we have Blake Griffin and those things, but if you look at the East, you got Derrick Rose, you got Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, all players who are excellent passers, excellent at pressuring the ball, getting steals, and in, a, in, a, in the up-tempo um, full court can do a great job. So I'm going to go with the East here. And we'll get you out of here on this because we're definitely having you back on the show to preview the playoffs and everything else, but who are what is going to be a surprise headline for the second half of the season? Or who do you think are the two teams that are really going to come out of nowhere and do well? Um, I, I honestly believe that uh, I, I I really do believe that the Nuggets are going to be a team. I know they're starting to get a little bit of of fanfare here and there, but I think they're a team that's going to really end strong. And they're going to surprise. I think they're going to surprise. They have the chance to surprise the team, whether it be the first or the second. You know, the first or the second round, just because I, I think as a team, if they could ever get to, Wilson Chandler's about to come back. If they could ever get a consistent go-to guy, a guy that they can trust to take that shot with the ball on the line, they're a really solid, well-balanced team. They play great defense, um, and when they get up and running, they they do a wonderful job. I honestly think the Nuggets are something special to look out for. All right, Shamar Walters, thank you so much for joining us here on Fanatic Radio. Definitely call back soon. We'd love to have you back on the show. Anytime. All right, so that was, that was Shamar Walters, our Fanatic Radio NBA analyst. And we'll take a quick break here on the show, but when we come back, it's time to start our engine flow as NASCAR is this begin this Sunday. Boom. This is Ben Florence, Wild Garden. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on WVAU.
Back here on Static Radio and WVAU, Ben Florence, Michael Garner. It is that special time of the year, fans, especially race fans out there, where the Daytona 500 is this Sunday on Fox. Of course, we've had speed weeks and everything. Of course, actually, the race season began in January when we watched the Daytona 20, uh, 24-hour Daytona 50th anniversary. But it is that time, the 50th anniversary, or not 50th anniversary, no, no, no. 500 is finally among us here on Fanatic Radio, 202-885-8700. Ben Points, Michael Gardner, bringing you Deep Purple. Oh, yes. Love this song. Oh, classic. But uh, as the season will begin, Flo, we'll begin with a question that I think everyone has on their mind. is Will Tony Stewart repeat as champion? Uh, I am not certain about that. I mean... You saw, you don't see, usually you see a lot of, you know, he changed his crew chief in the offseason, chose to part with Darian Guerrero, who did a great job this year, and he brought in uh, Steve Addington, who's one of the top yes. crew chiefs, but formerly with uh, Kurt Busch, and uh, I just feel that, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand you want to keep things fresh, but I think it's interesting, I really feel that, because if you look at what Carl Edwards did last season, in any race in the chase, and he was the most consistent driver all season long. That's true. If he finishes one spot higher in any race, he wins the championship. I really feel like I feel like Carl Edwards, cousin Carl, <laughs> if you're Kenny Schrader, uh, that he's been uh, you know billed as you know the next champ for years now, and I really feel this is the year he's going to do it. You think he will? I well, I feel like. Jimmy Johnson will probably that's the many cases you can take. You can take Jimmy Johnson of how he the year he had last year, his season can either go up or down either way. They can either crash because something is not right with that Hendricks organization with the forty eight team because as much beef as him and Chad Canals had last year, it could end up that or it could completely come back from the dark ages, sort of a a daily dose back to reality and Jimmy Johnson could win. I mean, basically everyone for the Hendricks camp. I like Carl Edwards as well. I feel like he is someone that could do some damage. Another guy to look out for is Denny Hamlin, who right. actually has uh, Tony Stewart's old crew chief, Darian Grubb. They got rid of Mike yep. Ford. This is a Joe Gibbs team that has really gutted out all the woes that Kyle Busch brought. I feel like he's someone that could actually make a legitimate run, because after he lost in 2010... Yes. He really disappointed last he's year. He's someone that can sort of bounce back... I think another guy that could potentially do what Tony Stewart did and win a bunch of races in the chase, and he really had a strong season last year, is uh, Kevin Harvick. And the thing with Kevin Harvick is that he's not – he's uh, he's merged uh, his uh, Nationwide and Truck team with uh, Richard Children's Racing, so he's not right. doing they're, that. They're so doing he's, got, he's going to be thing. focusing on cup racing for first time in a very long time. There's a soundbite from uh, Happy Harvick himself talking about the tricky Daytona 500. For whatever reason, this particular race, and I think it's just the, you know, the anticipation leading up to it and, and the emotions that everybody runs through that just it creates a lot of things happening that that don't happen at normal races because it's not a normal race. It's, um, I mean, it's our Daytona 500 is our biggest race. So I think as you just you see a lot of strange things happen and and you have to. You know, the, the race is much like the week. Um, you know, you can get excited. You can get caught up in somebody else's mess. You can cause a mess. And, um, you know, there's those those high emotions tend to tend to make things happen. And I think, um, you know, being here for a while, you have to learn to, to keep those emotions as low as possible. 
So, who's you picking to win the 500? Stewart won the first of the Duel races. duels. Kevin Harvick won the second. No, Matt Kenza won the oh, second. Kenza's on the second. Uh, I, I really like, uh, usually got you got to look at somebody, strong drafter, has had a very strong week. Kind of like what Trevor Bain last year, because he was strong all week, all speed weeks. I really like Tony Stewart. He's uh, He's... This shown. is the year Smoke wins the 500. Yeah, I really think so. He's, he has two or three Daytona wins already, so he knows that a plate race. I think he finally gets that elusive Daytona 500 crowd. I think it's going to be a heck of a race. We got rid of that tandem crap. We yeah, got we the pack racing back. back to racing. I think it's going to be Stewart, and I think it's going to be Dale Jr. finishing second. Dale Jr. I'd love to see a Hendrick driver win it, preferably not Jimmy Johnson, because even Casey Kane, was, he's back with his old crew chief Bob. back when he was with Yeah. Oh, Abraham. he's been his crew chief. He was a screwy last year too. My, my my favorite driver, Casey Kane, actually. So I'd love go. to see Jeff Gordon win it as a Jeff Gordon fan. It'd be very nice to sort of kickstart his season. But I think a Ford's gonna win it as Kenseth won. Craig Biffle and Edwards are on the front row, and of course we'll bring you more NASCAR coverage throughout the season here on Fanatic Radio. But if we said magical time of night, our two-minute warning is up. We hit the buzzer beater like Alexis Dobbs. Yep. Go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio to listen to the Shamar Walters interview and any of our podcasts future guests coming up. And don't forget to call in next week as we'll have head coach Josh, or assistant head coach Josh Hutchinson from the AU basketball team on the show. For Ben Florence, I'm Michael Gardner. So long. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.